Hey, what's going on? I'm Jeremy Lee, and you are listening to Reading the Play, the show where athletes share their story and experiences about life and sports. Additionally, we'll break down some key decisions they made so that you can get a better understanding of their journey and where they are today. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you can hear other great stories by athletes. You can also find them on sportcalgary.ca. For more content, look up the Facebook page, Reading the Play. And to get the latest news, including new episodes dropping, follow on Instagram at Reading the Play or myself at Legacy. In this episode, we sit down for a chat with Jackson Howe of the Trinity Western University Spartans men's volleyball team as he joins me on Story Island. Dominated by his younger twin sister on the basketball court in the early days, Jackson eventually grew into one of the most athletic guys I know. I think this episode really captures a wide range of topics, informative ones like how he eventually decided on Trinity, what it's like to play different positions, and also some learning moments from playing on the national stage. But don't worry, we also have some stories on the lighter side, like his favorite twin story with Hillary, and how he lost his mullet. You'll definitely want to take in all this whole grain goodness. Well, it looks like Jackson's all warmed up on the hot seat. Let's get it. Excited to be on Story Island today as we have a very tall drink of water on the show with me today. Jackson Howe from Trinity Western on the show with me today. Great to have you here, buddy. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Before we get started, your coach had just posted a highlight video of some of your top plays from last season. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you had to vote, what was your favorite moment? Or was Ooh. it even one of those moments that he posted? That's a good question. Um, it might have been my uh, transition kill. I, I used just like a block in the middle, two steps back, and then two steps, and I just hit it to one. And I don't know, that game was just big because a lot of our f- – it was our last season game, and a lot of our fifth years were playing, so – it was cool to finish off the regular season with them. That was seniors' night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was seniors' night. So it was like a lot of people were out. So it was just like a really interesting environment. It's loud. So Jackson, you actually grew up here in Calgary. Born and raised? Yeah, born and raised in Calgary, yeah. In the south of Calgary, south of we Calgary. were just talking about. Oh, uh, yeah, represent. <laughs> um, and how many siblings do you have? I have a sister and a brother, an older brother and a twin sister. Yeah. Okay. And so your brother, Taylor, like we were talking about, mm-hmm. had gone to Capilano and then Winnipeg. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you were saying three and a half years. Yeah, he did one year at uh, Capilano um, for his first year, and then he finished four years at Winnipeg. Okay. Yeah, so he played under Larry McKay, great coach. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so. And you were saying he's three and a half years older than you? Yeah, three okay. and a half, yeah. And then, so, and then you and your twin sister... As some of you might know, Hillary, mm-hmm. who's older? I am by two minutes. Yeah, two quick minutes. Two quick minutes. <laughs> or was yeah. it two long minutes? What does your mom say? Oh man, uh, I don't know what my mom says, but for me, it was great. Those two minutes alone, you know, I really just soaked it all in. <laughs> just felt felt great, but you know, got to deal with her. No, I, I love my sister. How often do you play that card? I played a lot. Like I'll say, you know, I got two minutes more experienced so I'm more wise and more cunning and yeah it's true it's true you know so it's you know I think it's true but Hillary might differ but yeah I whipped that out a lot but I don't know the older we get she's saying cool well I'm old when I'm older when we're older she's gonna be like oh I'm two minutes younger because you know that's a big thing when you're old I guess but growing up it was nice 
was nice. It was a nice card to whip out in a fight for sure. So when I was in high school, there was a set of twins that was in my chemistry twenty class named Sandy and Sherry. And obviously, they were like both girls. Um, but the funniest moment uh, in that grade eleven year for me was that they would just alternate to go to class. Like so, it would be diff the different one going to a different class, but they would trade off. Yeah, um, they do do each other favors and stuff like that. So, what's your favorite twin moment? Oh man, I have a lot, but a more recent one I've thought about is in grade ten. A few of my buddies and I wanted to have a back to back to back sleepover, and my parents were gone for the weekend, and they would never allow it. Like they, it would be a hard no for sure. But one of the other parents was okay with it, and then but the other one was pretty skeptical. Like, I don't think Jackson's family wants two two boys just running around for like three days. That'd be chaos, man. Yeah, it it, it <laughs> would be chaos. And the mom that was a little skeptical about it wanted to phone my mom, but there's no way in heck I was gonna let my mom like know about this because I knew she would say no. So I got my sister. I begged her to pretend that she was my mom to call to call my friend's mom so she uh yeah so she ended up doing it and had like a three minute intense conversation with this this mom until the mom was like okay if you're fine with it i'm fine with it so we got hillary yeah we got hillary to pretend she was my mom and we were like super paranoid for basically high school because these two moms would sit in basketball games and volleyball games together, and but it never came up. So, but you pulled it off. We pulled it off three nights back to back. It was a great time. Did you have to practice at all with like, okay, this is what she might say. How are you gonna <laughs> respond? How does my mom sound? Like, how much? How much preparation did there was preparation for sure. We uh, we did a little few practice runs, and Hillary kind of made her voice a little nicer, like, "Hello, like it's Denise." She, so she changed her voice, did all that. But yeah, she, she kind of winged it a little bit as far as the conversation goes. But yeah, she did great. So yeah, she's always got my back. There's yeah, a lot of stories where she, she, yeah, she pulls through for me. So grateful for that. Any other ones? Um, I don't know if this is a great memory, but when we went bike riding as kids, we'd always want, it'd always be a competition. We were super competitive. So she was ahead of me and my bike was right behind her and she ended up falling down this hill and I couldn't stop. So I just went right over her with my bike. No. <laughs> just one wheel, two wheels, just boom, right over her body. So that was, yeah, our competitiveness gets to us sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, we always like on the driveway playing basketball together. She would dominate me. She was probably 50 pounds more than me, eight inches taller than me. So... So she had the early growth spurt. Oh yeah, eh? she was she was bigger than me for a long time. So with like sports and stuff, she would push me. I would always lose. So I grew up losing a lot. Hey, which, chip on your shoulder. Yeah, right? a little chip on my shoulder. It humbles you for sure. Getting beat up by a girl that's the same age as you, but and I'm two <laughs> well, minutes older. And too. you're two minutes older. Two exactly. minutes older too. So that was a kicker. But now I've got the upper hand a little bit. But we can't wrestle like we used to. <laughs> now we still do sometimes. Of, of all the how children. Who's the most competitive? Or maybe let's throw your dad into the mix too. <laughs> my dad. Uh, I would say my brother. Taylor. It, Taylor. Yeah. Taylor. He might be the most hot headed as far as just like 
a casual game of 21 on the driveway can it's not turn casual, back probably. Quick. It's not casual. It's never casual. I always, before we play, I always say it's going to be just nice and easy, and but it, it's never like that. So you can't even play 21 in flip-flops because you know he's... No, I'm lacing up my shoes and you have, high socks yeah. on, getting on my volleyball stuff. I know it's going to be a battle every time. <sighs> but I think, yeah, we're all competitive in our own ways. My mom's really competitive, too. She hates losing. So we we got it from them. What sports did you play growing up? What were your favorite sports growing up? Um, well, like most kids, soccer. I played soccer for a while. But, you know, I played um, co-ed. And I thought it was pretty good because I was outscore like every game. And then once they split guys and girls, I realized soccer wasn't really for me. I wasn't that, oh, good. You were that good. So <laughs> I was like, okay, well, it was fun while it lasted. But... I transitioned to hockey and lacrosse, so kind of like some brutal sports, especially lacrosse. Pretty physical. eh? Yeah, very physical. Before my growth spurt, I was a really quick kid. Not not super fast anymore, but lacrosse was was probably my favorite um, for a while. But once I started hitting my growth spurt, I was like, ah, maybe should start doing like a sport like basketball or volleyball. When did that growth spurt come? Like, when did when were you finally able to dominate Hillary on the basketball court? <laughs> I don't know if I dominate her now. <laughs> She's pretty good. Uh, I'd say about grade nine, grade ten, I started growing. Yeah, it was probably that grade nine year I grew like six inches or something like that. Okay. But yeah, it was pretty rapid. Every year was about like four years until around grade 11 and then I slowly maybe squeezed an inch out after grade 11 or 12. That's when you started making those decisions of maybe I should play a sport with giants. Yeah I was like because when I initially played volleyball I was like five foot nothing so I was like I don't even know if volleyball is for me but yeah I had to when I quit hockey and lacrosse that's when that's when I was like yep basketball and volleyball is a sport for me. So for high school yeah, you were telling me you went to Dr. E.P. Scarlet High School. Yeah. Shout out Lancers. Oh, yeah. Love that school. Yeah, that wasn't your designated school, right? No, it wasn't designated. I was actually supposed to go to Centennial, but uh, my father went there, my brother, and my sister was currently going there, so I didn't think I really had a choice. Oh, so but your sister was there before you she were? She was there, yeah. She's oh. she's a great older, actually. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I started school late because oh. I had um, some sort of ear infection. I think it was both years, but I needed surgery and I had to get tubes in them because the doctor said from like age two to four, it was like I was hearing underwater. Yeah. Wow. So after that, I got surgery. My um, speech was all jumbled because it was like I was hearing underwater for two years, I guess, because my parents was like, something's up. So after that yeah i went to speech school for a year and then kindergarten next year and then but that put it's you always back been a like year, that right? yeah put oh, me back okay. a year so yeah does that work to your advantage though i think it did playing another year of u18 and i was i did grow late so really i would have had my growth spurt in grade 10 i would have been more like 16 so right. it was later so it helped me out a lot and be more physical like gaining weight in high school too Cause I was I was stick then. Were you a gym rat then? Uh no, never a gym rat. But <laughs> I wish I would have worked out earlier. Cause my first year I was wasn't super well prepared. I would say. We'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. But continuing along the high school theme, yeah, I just okay. 
I noticed uh, some of the videos that you had posted from high school basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah. Holy cow, man. <laughs> you were just dunking on everyone. My favorite video was the one where you're like, were you shooting a free throw? And then you like threw it off the back. Oh, and yeah. Dunked it to yourself. <laughs> yeah, it was an all-star game. <laughs> and they're doing, they're like shouting like, do the shack, like throw it off the backboard. And I kind of looked at them like, Can, I, I don't think I'm allowed to do this. But they ended right. up counting it. So. But I was going to say, in a normal game, that doesn't count. <laughs> no, didn't no. Hit the rim. It's so illegal. <laughs> and guys around me that were playing were like, did he just do that? Like, <laughs> you're not allowed to do that. It's an all-star game. When's the first time you dunked a basketball? Ah, uh, good question. I was about end of grade nine. Okay. So it would have been like end of grade 10. But yeah, it was around that time. I could just, just like squeeze it over. <laughs> yeah, so but grade 10 was kind of, that's when I start start dunking and trying out things like 360s and windmills and stuff. Because I wasn't I wasn't super into basketballs, into NHL a lot with my junior high friends. But once I got to Scarlet, they're all NBA fans, so they're showing me a bunch of these videos, and then I'll try to try to replicate it. it your dunks are legit. I just wanted to say that. Thank um, you. But all through high school, you were playing volleyball and basketball consistently. Yeah, yeah, I played all three years of basketball in high school. Never didn't play club at all, but. Yeah, it was it was a busy time. But you were playing club volleyball. Yeah, right? I was playing club volleyball. And did you play high school volleyball too? Yeah, I played high school volleyball. So, yeah, just right after high school volleyball, bas- it gets into basketball pretty quick, like the next week or something like that. Right. And then club starts are about the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. There's a little bit of overlap, but it wasn't yeah. too bad, right? It wasn't too bad. Um, my coach was really supportive. He knew I wanted to play volleyball, and I just kind of told him, like, I'll be as committed as I can. I'll go to different practices because I don't want to see, I don't want to see players that are practicing all the time and putting in a lot of work, not being able to play at all. Because I think a few parents were a little like mad about that that I wasn't, I wouldn't go to practice too much and then play. I'd, in my grade twelve year, I probably went to like two practices, maybe three practices, and just played all the games. <laughs> like it was, I was like pretty focused on volleyball and staying healthy and. You know, practice, there's guys throwing bows left, right, and center, so I didn't really want to hurt myself. I was going to say, you're probably holding out like a current NBA player right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was a really good cross sport, um, and managing it was was difficult at times with school and and that, like grade 12. I, I think during that time, I had a tutor for a bit um, with a few classes that helped a ton. Yeah, you got to keep up on things, though, right? Yeah, because I wasn't, I wasn't a... Became a better student in university, but in high school, you know, it wasn't really sports my priority. Yeah, sports yeah, and girls. Sports and girls and, you know, <laughs> just hanging out with some boys. So didn't have didn't have a lot of room for that, which looking back at it now, I wish I would applied myself a little harder. But I had a, I had a great high school experience, so I don't want to regret much. But all through that, like you were mentioning, you wanted to play volleyball. Mm-hmm. Like basketball was, you never viewed it as an option for you, or what? Ah, uh, no, I, you know, basketball games were a lot of fun, but running and practice, just mm. the cardio aspect of it, you know, wasn't my strong suit. Like <laughs> the first few basketball games of the year, because I wasn't going to like too many practices, I wasn't my cardio wasn't that great, and the first few games I'd be dry heaving up and down the court, just like. Pretty close to puking, just like 
looking at my coach like sub me off right. like i can't run anymore i just dunk yeah i just not <laughs> I, just, I just want to cherry pick and dunk <laughs> that's that's all i really wanted to do but it was yeah it was a really good cross sport like i found i found it helped like vertical and strength and you just use different muscles so i'm, I'm really glad i stuck with it because i grade 12 i almost i almost just said uh, i just want to focus on volleyball but i had friends on that team too and they really talked me into it, and I'm, I'm glad I did it. And like you said, it just helped you with that vert and just yeah. the, the jumping side of things, which is crucial for volleyball, right? Yeah, yeah. It helped, it helped with jumping for sure, and even just taking off with one leg. Mm, like yeah. you run a few steps at Trinity, and, and that actually helped a lot, just having that footwork. And, and I don't know, being on a different team and kind of seeing like the difference with basketball and volleyball, the culture different guys on the team volleyball is a lot more collective and basketball is a lot more individual where guys can kind of do their own thing and ball hog and so it's very different so it's good to see kind of see both sports at all angles but you like more of the team aspect of yeah it, right? i think yeah. i like the team aspect as far as guys and my experience i found there's a lot of good dudes in volleyball yeah i don't know what it is but a lot of guys i've played with have just been great guys. There's never we're basketball. There's yeah. There's just some some big big heads on the team. Like it's very ego's very big. Yeah. But you can find that in all sports. But volleyball, I've had a good experience with that. So at what point were you thinking, man? I could probably play post secondary. Um, and what were kind of your thoughts there? Were you thinking? Youth sports? Were you thinking college? Were you thinking like even NCAA? Like, mm-hmm. what were you, what were your thoughts? It didn't really pop into my head much until maybe end of grade eleven, round round grade eleven. Yeah, for me, I was I didn't really think I was going to play youth sports. Just in around grade ten, the start of grade ten, I was yeah I was playing Canada West the season before grade ten, and I was yeah I was an outside and. I was like, yeah, I don't really see myself playing youth sports, but maybe college, because Taylor was playing college Capilano at that time. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. so I was, I was like, yeah, I could see myself potentially doing that. Um, but then, yeah, once I transitioned to middle, that's was, yeah, in around grade 11. Um, I was like, yeah, youth sports could be a real possibility. And then around that time, coaches started reaching out to me, and I was, I think UBCO was the first school to reach out to me. Okay. And yeah, I was, I was over the moon. So, yeah, my expectations were pretty low, actually. They started getting higher in grade 11, but... So what were the offers coming in for you there? Uh, like, UBCO and U of A, Trinity, Westman, McMaster, um, mm. Thompson Rivers. Like, most West schools I ended up talking to. Um, you probably wanted to stay in the West. Yeah, right? I wanted to stay in the West. I didn't think much about the States. I wanted to stay home. And out East was a option but I was pretty set staying out here with friends and I always thought BC was a a nice place to live because I I knew I didn't really want to stay home just kind of wanted to try something new and get out of the house and but not too far but not too far like I yeah I love Calgary still but yeah I wanted a little little change so I thought BC was a good school somewhere in BC what made it specifically trinity though what did that recruitment process look like and what conversations did you have with your family that ultimately led you to decide to commit to the spartans um 
Yeah, it was it was really difficult. Um, making that decision was yeah, I felt ra- kind of restless about it. I talked to a few other guys that signed. Like one was Maddox Greaves, and he said yeah. his dad told him, "Whatever choice you make, it's it's the right one. Like there's no bad choices." So I was like, "Okay, either way, it's going to be a good experience." And Trinity really compelled me with like their Christian values, what their school is about, and and then as well as Ben Joe as a coach. Um, I got to know him a decent amount. He, I think he really tries to get to know you as a guy before as a player like he'll I think initially he'll see you as a player and be interested but when as soon as he's interested and knows you're a good player he really wants to know like who you are as a guy so that was different where I found some other coaches maybe were more leaning towards just getting to know you as a player not really as a dude filling out their roster yeah Yeah. and so I found that um interesting and I found when I was around the team like the team dynamic was really special all the there wasn't it wasn't very clicky. All the guys were friends. Yeah, it was it was just a good environment and it was intense in practice and So yeah. you, you went out there for a Yeah, I went on a recruiting trip. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I went went for a weekend and I stayed with Maddox Greaves and Eric Lepke. Slept under Eric Lepke's bed. So and we just had oh, we had experience. a ton, ton of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he he smells. <laughs> He's gotta shower more. But no, it's because he's working so hard. Because he's working so hard, he's yeah. got great worth ethics. So I gotta give it to him. But yeah, it was a really tough decision as far as committing to school. Uh, my brother was going to Winnipeg at the time, and I was talking to to Larry quite a bit and calling him and went for dinner with him. And I kind of knew what the school was about and the team. And you know, Winnipeg doesn't seem the most ideal place to live. But as far as the program and the guys there, I was I was interested. So it really came down to Winnipeg and Trinity. So I almost went to Winnipeg, um, which would have been so different. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought at the end, I thought Trinity, as far as the place living, Christian values, coach, and then just how the team operates, I thought it was the best school for me. And not to mention, Hillary's already been out there for a year. Too, yeah, right? Hillary's there for a year. So I was like, I would love to spend four years with Hillary. And we live with each other now, which That's is good. awesome. We're like best friends. Tell me more a bit about the recruiting side that Benjo, or as people know him as Ben Josephson, mm. uh, head coach for Trinity Western. Tell me more about what that recruitment process looked like and what made you feel he valued you as a person. Because I really respect Ben and mm. how he goes about recruiting and he just somehow pulls some of the best talent in Western Canada. And yeah, people want to play for him. Yeah. So tell me your experience. Well, he's a really like personal, personable guy. Um, yeah, I would say at the very beginning, um, he makes a a big effort to to try to get to know you. Like, he'll text you and check check in on you, and he always knows what you're doing, like in tournaments and asking for updates. So he kind of becomes your friend a little bit. And then I think why he pulls such good talent is talking to him just he knows so much about volleyball like he's just obsessed like it's just night and day he's he's looking at film and ways to improve and to change like he's never stuck in his own ways Mm. I think he he admits like when something isn't going well or he has an idea that he wants to like implement with a player he'd be like you know what scratch that let's do this so I think he's just he's very forward-thinking 
And in that recruiting process, you kind of get to see that. As well as I, he coached me on the youth national team for that one summer. So I got to see what he's like as a coach. But I got to know him off the court a lot. And you can tell he cares about you just because he's so interested about you. But yeah, he's he's the master with... Uh, with basically, he basically tells me like he's really good at flirting with like seventeen-year-old boys. <laughs> like he just like knows what to say. Say he probably has a few lines that he's he's said a thousand times. Like, but I think yeah, I think that's why he's so successful. And I think he's he's honest as well as where he sees you being on the team. And it's not really like oh you might play you might not. It's like yeah you'll probably sit off for a bit or yeah you'll start and. Yeah, he's up front and honest with you at the beginning, which you respect. He's just, yeah, you just trust them, I guess. So what was that conversation like when he when you talked about what kind of role you'd be playing entering mm. into your first year? Um, because I, I believe you were entering uh, you were entering Trinity Western at the tail end of like three straight championships yeah. or whatever. So yeah, it's I think a they, pretty they solid saying, program. They two. Um, yeah, when we talked... There was Aaron Betcher was playing yep. best best middle in Canada in my opinion at the time, and then Pierce Shanko, he was dominant middle. Another big guy. EP Scarlet boy. EP eh? Scarlet boy as well. <laughs> so I knew him and it's like wasn't really expecting to play until my third year. So I was like, you know, I just want to get better. I want practices to be pushed and guys to be better than me and dominating me and. So you were okay, baby, coming off the bench. Yeah, or I was okay to come all. off the bench. I yeah, I expected my third year and. With Aaron being out, it gave me the opportunity to, to play in my first year, which was an awesome opportunity. But yeah, well, I thought I was going to be on the bench, and my mindset going into the season was like, just be a good team player, do my part, be a good rookie, roll the bags, just do my best, learn as much as I can from guys like Adam Schreimer and Aaron Betcher and you know Karin Bergen, like those older guys, fourth, fifth years. So I just came in like with that mindset. But kind of going off what you were mentioning earlier, you'd wished you had prepared a little bit better heading into yeah. first year. So can you shed a little bit more light on what you mean by that? Um, well, I didn't take care of my body that great as far as stretching. As soon as I would play a game or practice, I would kind of just, you know, roll out a little bit. But just want to go home. Not really spend too much time trying to recover. So I found going into the season... Going to my first year season, my knees were pretty bad, and I don't think I worked out enough. With my club team, we worked out two times a week, that, which helped yeah. get like the fundamentals of working out and and why you're doing things and why recovering is so important. But yeah, I just kind of realized around my first year, I wasn't taking care of my body that well. So I made it a goal to to actually recover and spend more time and you know do yoga. And you know, do things behind the scenes that like no one, no one sees, because I want to play as long as I can. Have you noticed a difference with taking care of your body in the post recovery? Yeah, I've noticed a difference. I, my second year, I, I was felt stronger. My knees, my knees were the best they've ever been in my entire life. My back was the only thing that was kind of dragging me down, but I did as much as I could to manage that throughout the year. Mm. Um, but yeah, I found a difference for sure. I think a lot of it's just getting stronger and being able to take all that load, especially coming off the a summer of of intense training. 
felt like my body was was ready. Going to grade 11, um, I played U17 Team Alberta. I got cut on my U16 Team Alberta. That was the most growth I've had after that, just being cut and feeling kind of crappy about yourself. And I it was probably the biggest um, light switch in my head kind of went off like, okay, I have to work harder and I have to do this. And that year I made Canuck and it kind of went from there. But that's when you took it seriously. That's eh? when I started taking it seriously. Like, mm. I was kind of... Volleyball is, you know, it's always just been fun for me. Like, I play it because it's fun. Like, mm-hmm. what, in the most intense games, biggest games, I just tell myself, this is just so much fun. I'm having such a good time. Like, you know, there's a lot on the line, but you can't really think that in your head. You just got to say, you know, I'm playing volleyball for a reason. And I started playing volleyball because it's fun. And... I play volleyball now because it's a lot of fun, but I can take it more seriously and I can do things to to make volleyball more fun for me, like taking care of my body and and doing all the things I need to do to take it seriously, but to ultimately play a sport that I love to do. What was the transition like heading into that first year, though? You talked about how it was such a great opportunity for you to step on the court in year one. Mm. Uh, what did you notice about the gameplay and the pace of play, oh. and just the players, and you know your your teammates, your your opposition, all yeah. that. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> the first few practices, I was like blown away how quick it was. I was like Adam setting, and I'm trying to read him, and hmm. he's I'm just like falling around basically. I'm like, man, this isn't this is insane. Like, hmm. I'm not used to this. Like, club is so much slower, and and like even like the, I mean you. U18, the youth team was was a little bit of a taste of that, but yeah, with these players and practices and you know everyone that have been everyone on Trinity has been a man like the man on their team at some point. So putting a bunch of those guys together, it makes for a really intense and and very competitive practices. And I think in my first year, I was just trying to was trying to hold my own and knowing that I was gonna start. There was there was another guy, uh, Riley Vandermeulen, mm-hmm. that was playing middle at the time, and he was quite good. As far as attacking, he might have been the most dominant attacker, like, great player. So I actually I had to compete with him for a while, and being a rookie, I was kind of I was a little shy, like oh, you know, like maybe I shouldn't be starting. I don't know if I can contribute as a positive player on the court. And then I just kind of said, oh, just screw it, like just act and try to play like I'm an older player on the team, even though I'm have the least experience on the court. Like, Jesse was on the court too, which helped. Yeah. So he came in the same year you did, right? Yeah. So he came, and we were roommates. So we'd yeah. go back after practice and just be... Ben Joe's, t- like, totally changes the way you do everything. So mm. there's, like, ten things on your mind, and you're all, like, jumbled. Like, what do I do? Like, I'm, I'm not doing anything right. But it was nice to have Jesse because he was on the court, the court too. So... You know, practice was maybe the most difficult. We'd just come home from practice and be all, like, feel, like, all crappy about ourselves just because we felt like we couldn't do anything right. But And then adding that, the performance, having to perform and not just practice these skills, it was just a weird transition because you'd want to apply what you've been Ben Joe's been telling you to do in practice, but but in the game you just have to play. Like you can't you can't think of like your arm swing or the way you block and and your serve. Like you just have to like do what you can do now. That was probably the biggest transition is 
changing mindsets from practice to a game because mm. there was always something I was working on. I still work. I'm always still working on something, but at the time, I would try to focus on all ten things at the same time, which makes it like very stressful. But then I learned over time. It's like okay, there's ten things I have to work on, but I'm just gonna focus on two. And be really good at those, and then move on. So once you release the other eight plates that you're trying to spin, yeah, it just you started to streamline a little bit better, and your play mm-hmm. and your confidence probably got a little bit yeah, better. Yeah, confidence. Too, right? I think the longer my mullet grew, the more confidence I grew. Hey, that's a good transition. Uh, that's awesome. So for those of you who don't know, in your first year, yeah, there was this hair competition, or well, <laughs> yeah. or maybe it was like a, I don't know what what you call it, but. A bad haircut. A bad haircut. <laughs> they needed to to get a new team barber or something. <laughs> yeah. He was struggling. Uh, but there was a lot of mullets going around. Yeah. Whose was. idea was it, first of all? Um, I would say it was Eric Lepke's idea. Oh. I think like he he's like, We should do something crazy, like with her hair and and I've never done anything with my hair and I was like, Okay, I'm on board, like you know, like university is the only time we can really do something like a gross haircut. Like, you know, you got to be all professional later on in life. So might as well just grow mullets. And Yeah, you're not representing Team Canada at no. an international competition with a mullet, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, uh, yeah, it was fun. And yeah, we got, we got like a bunch of guys to do it. A bunch of guys went on board after we got a few guys. But Schreimer never did, right? No, Schreimer never did. My dad actually offered him like 200 bucks to do it what? and he still didn't do it yeah my theory is that because he's kind of like the old guard he yeah was, he was playing with like slater Shearhorn, yeah and all those guys had the the man bun or mm-hmm. the uh i don't know i want to call it like too. like yeah lord of the rings kind of style <laughs> yeah when it was popular <laughs> then but yeah. so maybe he just wanted to hang on to that i don't know yeah. what was your take Maybe he did. You know, I never really asked him. I was a little scared of him for a while. He's a bit intimidating <laughs> at the beginning, being a little rookie. But, yeah, by the end, I felt I felt closer to him. But, yeah, maybe he was holding on to the man bun. I wonder. I think he still has the same hair right now. So Yeah, I think he I does. I think he just... He well, you'll see him this look. upcoming season, right? Yeah, yeah, he's coming to... He'll be on the bench? Yeah, he's on the bench. So that's I'm so excited. It's crazy. I thought he'd play, be playing pro longer, but... Yeah, I'll, I'll ask not... him about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, who had the ugliest mullet on the team? Like, who had the greasiest, grossest one on the team? Uh, honestly, I might have. My hair is just really straight. And it's like, there's no, like, curl or anything to it. So it just, like, goes straight down. Like, it looks... Oh, man. Mine was really bad for a while. I thought Maddox pulled it off the best. I thought Pierce, he, we kind of have similar hair, so his was pretty nasty, too. It looked pretty good on Eric. There's some guys that pulled it off. Oh, they actually look good with it. They didn't look too bad. Like, I'm, I wouldn't say they look good, but okay. they looked a lot better than, like, I did and, and Pierce. And, so at that yeah. point in your life, how much care did you put into, your, in, into taking care of your hair? <laughs> or was it just let it go and uh, what happens? Before games, you know, I'd get a little toucan blow dry it try to like try to curl it up but i just i couldn't my hair is just way too straight but yeah i would put in some time doing it but i would go for haircuts at i would go to tommy guns and get them to shave the side of my head 
and cut a little bit in the front and just leave the back. So they didn't really shape it up much. It was a little, it was a decent amount to maintain actually. But yeah, uh, how I lost it was pretty funny. I what's the story behind that? Oh man, well it was right after it was right after nationals in my first year, so all the guys were pretty down. But we go to the hotel and I don't know, we just kind of we're hanging out as a team and it's fun. And Jacob Kern, we've been kind of like smack talking this whole tournament like oh after this tournament like i'm gonna beat you up like like let's <laughs> wrestle so after the tournament he's like well it's the end of the tournament let's wrestle then i'm like okay let's do it so i get ready and we're gonna wrestle on this bed and little did i know kern hid like five or six other guys like behind the curtains and as soon as we started wrestling everyone pinned me down and then they took the med kit scissors. These scissors are like to cut tape and they're they're old. They're like rusty and stuff. Like they're just like terrible scissors. And they just cut the back of my head. They pinned me down, cut my mullet off. That's how I lost my mullet. So just I look kinda like Ellen, that talk show host. Yeah, Ellen for Generous, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they said I looked like her for a bit. Because I, I had to I had almost like a bowl on my head. My hair was worse when they cut it. How are you um, doing mentally, man? Huh? <laughs> I said, how are you doing mentally? Mentally? Oh. That must have been traumatic. Yeah, it was. I didn't think I was going to keep it, so I was kind of like, well, whatever. I got I got to go to the barber for sure when I get home, as soon as I get home. So as soon as I got That was like airplane. an emergency situation. Oh, okay? yeah. Oh, it was so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was pretty funny. I'm like, oh, if I'm going to lose it, it's kind of a funny story to lose it, I guess. So speaking of that national uh, tournament and stuff like that, you had mentioned... Yeah, you guys were feeling down, but yeah, that was because you guys had lost to UBC in mm-hmm. that national championship game. First off, that was a really good UBC team that you guys were playing. A very good team, yeah. Um, with like Keith West, Urban Brower's on that team still. Mm-hmm. But what were some of the big takeaways from you, and especially you were in your first year, and you're mm-hmm. like, man, here I am in the national championship final. Um, I would assume some big learning moments for you. Yeah, 100%. The first takeaway I got from it is just how hard it is to win. Like it's hmm. it's a, it's like obvious like it's hard to win a national championship, but just like all the time and all those hard practices that you're all pissed off then and just wanna just wanna quit sometimes and then I don't know, it's just it's kind of a, a build up of of all the work you put in throughout the whole year and then losing in that final game. It's like, this is hard. This is just really hard to do. And I can do more. Losing that game, I, I really felt like I owed it owed it to the fifth years. Like Adam and uh, Mark, Mark or Libero. He's like our second Libero. Um, I felt like I owed it to those guys. And I wanted, and that three Pete, like winning three times, there's just like a lot of pressure um, to perform and do well and yeah that UBC team was really good you know I wish it would have been a better game but yeah the takeaways from it was was great like right after I I think I pushed myself harder in practice just having a little chip on my shoulder even like working out it's like I could just think of like losing the UBC and then do like Hmm. two more reps and it was a good experience but yeah, throughout the throughout my second year, having lost the national championship, I felt that I I guess it was more clear like w- what I have to do to win and hmm. what I can change and where our team has to be. You know, like it wasn't the same UBC team, but yeah, we I, I would have loved to take another crack at that team. They were they were an awesome team. That was a game you would want to replay. Hey? Oh, yeah, 
for sure. Hmm. There's a lot of mixed emotions in that game too. I kind of felt like I was in my head. I haven't been in that kind of game before, and yeah, there's felt like a lot of pressure. But um, it was interesting. Car- Carter Bergen or Libero before the game said to me, um, "No matter what, if you play like crap or if you play awesome, it's not going to change the way I feel about you. Still love you as a guy. We're brothers out here." So. That gave me some reassurance, like, you know, it is just a game. But it was hard to see the fifth years go almost than, than losing, like Adam and stuff. He was, it was, yeah, it was sad. But Hard to end on that note, right? Yeah, it was yeah. really hard to end on that note. Um, yeah, it definitely builds character into to you. And, yeah, I wouldn't change anything. I mean, I, I would love to play that team again. So you talked a little bit about what you did to improve yourself heading into year two. Mm. Did your role change at all either? There were some transitions, yeah. some pieces um, that were moving around, and uh, you probably saw more time at the middle position then, right? Yeah, I saw. Well, I played a lot on the opposite. Okay. I played, basically played the whole first semester as an opposite and, and a little bit into the second semester, and then Pierce rolled his ankle, and then I was middle full-time. But, yeah, it was definitely a bigger role. Because uh, I was getting, I was getting set more balls. Because I, I, yeah, I didn't get set too much in my first year, and I felt like I could be more vocal. And um, our one rookie, Brody Hofer, that came in, we're good friends. But I tried to kind of take him under my wing a little bit at the very beginning of the year, and just to see how he's doing. Because I know how hard it is to be a rookie and mm-hmm. the transition and school is stressful. It's hard, and it's just like it's so chaotic. So I tried to be like a bit of an older guy on the team, even though it was a second year. Um, so it yeah, starts felt, though. It starts. Yeah, it starts two. there. Yeah. So I think I developed like a little bit of leadership skills as far as being on the team goes, and um, so that role changed a lot for me. But it was yeah, it was really difficult. I felt uh, my expectations uh, went a lot higher because in my first year they were so low. Like mm. I didn't know if I was gonna, didn't think I was gonna start. So this year I was like, okay, like I have an opportunity to start, but there's Aaron and. And Pierce on the court, so I'll have to battle battle it out with those guys. But then Ben Joe wanted all three of us on the court and said, and thought I'd be the best fit for opposite. So he got me playing there, and oh man, it was difficult. It was yeah, it was very like transitioning from another position was tough. Like with shots, and you know, in the middle you're just clubbing the ball. Like hmm. it's you know, it's not much of a takeoff either, right? No, yeah, and like jumping forward instead of more vertically with the middle and uh, yeah I think spinning the ball was the most difficult and hitting high balls and you know making the right plays if I'm if I'm hitting it off the block trying to get a recycle or you know yeah so there's like just more responsibility beyond the court more and it was yeah it was really stressful with performance and I was I think I was getting double the reps and hitting outside and reps I would just hit like 200 balls from Derek and like it was, and then then practice was right after. Oh my goodness! So I do reps before practice. So I played a lot, and and you know I saw a lot of improvement. And the C ball was difficult too, and getting the right set. And yeah, we messed around with that a lot. So like where you want the ball to be placed? Yeah, guess, like yeah. how quick and when I should go. And yeah, so it was it was really difficult. But when I went back to the middle, I found um, opposite really helped me opening up my hips and. And like I, th- I helped me hit that one a lot better and deeper shots as well, because I'm so used to having usually a double or a triple block where I have to try to hit high hands or where middle is it's just kind of quick like 
your arm can kind of, wherever the ball is, your arm has to kind of go. But yeah, just overall being a smarter volleyball player where, yeah, I felt like I just had more shots. Would you say you've now embraced the opposite position? Um, Not totally, but <laughs> in, in the future, I would like to transition fully to it just because with like pro and stuff and a national level, it's, you know, the middle, you know, there's potential in the middle, but for the future, um, as far as just my body goes, like six five, and like touch in the middle, like I might touch about the same as guys in the middle internationally, but they just get up so much quicker. So um, like with blocking and stuff, they can just do like a little ankle jump and, and get to where I could be in maybe like a half a second. Mm. So those those little like this very, very fine-tuned, stuff like in the middle I think will be difficult in the future with the national program and professional stuff where I see maybe um opposite could be good full-time position for me in the future just you know where I'm at there's like a lot of work to do and I I love playing middle like there's nothing wrong with middle but you know there's something about being on the court the whole time and hitting back row and um that's just that middle just can't really because, you know, back row is a lot of fun. And, you know, I want to, like, work on other, all areas of, of volleyball. Where, the defensive side? Yeah. yeah. You know, Digging and... Yeah, it's definitely not my strong suit. Definitely not. But something that I would love to, to work on more and more. You become that much more appealing and attractive mm-hmm. for international teams and yeah. for pro con- contracts, right? Yeah. And <clears throat> even if I ended up playing middle, I think just being un- well-rounded middle like being able to play defense and serve and and you know block and hit and just like be able to do everything um i just think it's it's a good good way to do it like even being able to pass a bit and i think ben joe gives most guys opportunity to do that again passing reps and defensive reps so yeah i think opposite might be a position that will suit me later down the road but I'll most likely play middle all year. But at least Ben has the assurance knowing that you're capable of playing mm-hmm. either position and that versatility can actually be very beneficial for him yeah. in in-game situations. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think I think he does feel like that. Uh, having like the ability to play opposite and middle will, will be great because I think Ben Joe can just kind of put me anywhere. And then, yeah, in the future, maybe I'll have to slim down to one position if that's opposite or middle. But it's a future me problem, so I won't worry about it. So I have to mention here, after year two, big congrats to you guys and Trinity Western winning national championship. Thank you for 2019. Yeah, you guys beat Brandon. That like, yeah, it just seemed like it was a season long battle. It felt oh, like yeah. with you guys and Brandon. Um, tell me what your mindset was like. Was it just Brandon, Brandon, Brandon? Like, like we got to keep pace with them. We got to yeah, make sure we're playing our best against them when they came to town or when we went to, went out to Brandon. Uh, was that the theme of this, the season or am I off there? Um, no, it definitely they're on our minds throughout the season, but it's almost easier to chase a team than being chased because the mentality with being the number one team is kind of you chase your ghost car. That's kind of what Ben Joe tells us, that you're competing with yourself to be better with the team. But having a team out in front of you makes it a lot easier to to kind of square them up and see, like, okay, like, this is what they got. This is what we have to do. And But, you know, I think every weekend Ben Joe, like, he doesn't take any 
or our team doesn't take any team for granted, even if they're, you know, even if it's a not UBCO granted. or yeah. something, yeah. or like you know. So I think every weekend we're going to it like we're focusing, or every week doing film and practicing will be like for that team specifically. But then when Brandon comes around, it's oh, it's really exciting, and and like with video and stuff, we'll watch maybe twice as much video on them, mm. and. Yeah, it was it was a battle though. Like in regular season, uh, it was tough. Eric Eric's knees were really really bad. He played the first game but couldn't play the second game, and um, so he had to manage that. And then we had uh, yeah Brody the fir- first year come on and he he held his own and and Kern was a big player and like it was it was still a pretty good game. But I think they had us outmatched a bit. And then yeah, once Canada West finals came rolling up it was like this is like we're healthy they're healthy in brandon in brandon you know ton of fans it's gonna be loud it's gonna be fun like let's do this thing and again i felt like we were ready like we know this team we've we've seen them before and yeah it was a battle and you know that game could have went either way i thought we responded really really well with some of the calls there's a few few interesting calls in there like, As there always are in the Canada West. You know, there always is. There always is. You know, the refs are great, but, you know, some of their calls, you shake your head a little bit and maybe swear under your breath, but you just, like, move on. Like, Yeah, you can't change it, right? No. So, yeah. I thought we, sh- like, we, before uh, games, we started listing things we couldn't control. Hmm. So we just write them up on the whiteboard and say, okay, we can't control the fans. We can't control... The refs um, can't control what the other teams do, and then then we will write what can what can we control, and like attitude and yeah, and and huge. all that. So like we kind of separated those two things. So once like when the ref made you know some some interesting calls, we already knew like okay, well we can't control that, so let's just keep on playing and and yeah, it could have went either way, but it was definitely coming off that game. It's like okay, this team is beatable. Um, they have played really well. They're a great team. Let's see what they're like at nationals without without their fans. Let's but to... just for those listening at home, you guys were unable to pull out the yeah, Canada we, West Championship. Yeah, it was a fifth setter. I'm not sure exactly what the score was, the fifth set, but I think we lost by like four points or three points or something. But it definitely didn't sting as much as UBC in the nationals. No, no, it didn't prior. sting as much. It was. I thought we played pretty well. You know, they they had a really good game, and yeah, there's always stuff you can look back that we could have done more, but I think it made us even more a little fiery going into Nationals, and it felt like uh, that team before, when we played them in regular season, it was like, man, like, they, they like, crushed us, but hmm. when when we played them Canada West, it was like, you know what, like, th- this team's beatable, I think we have the talent, and but it's going to be a battle either way, like, we're ready to play play branded at their best well and that's huge going in with that confidence heading into national championships when mm-hmm. you know that you're like we're actually not that far off no yeah and we can actually beat these guys so yeah. i think that's a completely different mindset and probably healthier heading yeah. into a big national championship tournament like you guys yeah. did right yeah and yeah again saying like chasing a team is so much easier like when we went back to practice before nationals, it was it was clear like you know it's gonna be a battle like to to get to the national final. We gotta play McMaster, um, we gotta play Laval in Laval. That was 
crazy. Was that a rough? Was oh, that a tough game? Cra- it was. Oh, that was a tough game. That was the toughest game of nationals. Just the fans, like. I'm glad I don't speak French because some of the things I don't—they're just yelling. They're just yelling. And Probably not French. so nice things. No, oh, for <laughs> sure not. But they and then they have blow horns and horns in your ears and stuff. So it's like I could barely hear after the game. But it's—it brings the guys together, and we're all in the huddle, like just to hear each other. And is the communication a little bit d- difficult though in a it game is, like that? But you're just yelling at each other. Even just when the game's going, it's so loud that. You try to communicate with the other guy, but it's so loud. But yeah, it, the communication is actually, um, you'd think it'd be worse, but I think it gets better. When it's quiet, it's weird. It's, you know, you're talking kind of normal, but when you're yelling and, and it's hyped and both teams are going back and forth, it's, yeah, it brings the team closer together. And I think that's when we play our best, when it's when it's loud and when we have to come together and talk and, and what we have to do. And, and we have like great guys, like Carter was our captain and mm-hmm. he was a great guy to have on the court like everyone on the court can say something like even Brody says something like a rookie it's like I'll take it like there's not any like hierarchy or anything like that did you feel less pressure going into these national championships versus the year one for you you know I feel like it was the same pressure but I just knew how to handle it better okay like as far as like I think I've grown a lot mentally and we have a few things called like an anchor and it basically just kind of grounds you it's if you're struggling or not not playing so hot um you just do something little like my thing is I hit my leg twice um just on my thigh like when I'm mad sometimes hard but most of the time just hit my thigh twice and it reminds me why I play volleyball because it's fun and I used and then the meaning behind it is um, Jesse Elser and I we used to play middle head to head, and whenever we'd get a kill, we'd like hit our chest twice and just kind of like, yeah, like you suck, like <laughs> just like be like trash talking and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So I'm like, it just kind of brings you back to yeah, why you play volleyball. So that's something I didn't. I don't think I had that going into nationals where that helped during the games to kind of just like it's just a nice reset. Um, but yeah, just handling the pressure another way. I know we just we just lost one, but it's like I really don't want to lose again. And I just think we all knew what it had to take to to actually pull it off. Mm. And I thought before training going into it was was we did well training, and I was like, you know what, we're we're ready. Like, let's see Brandon's best. Unfortunately, we didn't. But right, they didn't play super well. But to us, when we got in the court all all three games it was just business it just was it was fun but yeah it was just all business i also wanted to congratulate you because you were named to the national championship all-star team oh yeah that's a huge deal you and eric the only two trinity western spartans on the team yeah um how did how would you evaluate your performance that weekend and like what did you do differently or how did you elevate your game you know like I I was a little surprised I got an all star. I I had struggled quite a bit in that McMaster game. Um, but then the last two games I felt like I kind of got in my element a little bit. Um but I think the biggest thing for me was just pulling blockers off the outsides and opening up pipe. Mm-hmm. I felt like I just did a lot of things more like that you don't really recognize in the game. Maybe like 
I don't know, like coaches or other players might recognize it, but just being a random like fan in the crowd, they might not see that. So I think I kind of got some credit for that, I guess. But yeah, that was I was yeah I was surprised when I got it. I was, it was it was cool. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it was, it was a pleasant surprise. I thought I thought a lot of other guys could have got it. I thought I thought Eric should have got it for sure. He he played out of his mind, but you know I thought. Jacob Kern could have got it. I thought Aaron Betcher could have got it. Carter or Libero definitely could have got it. He played well. I thought everyone played well. So I was like, you know, this could go to anyone. Speaking of Eric, I just wanted to ask you, um, because you've had a front row seat to how special this player is. Mm-hmm. And Ben talks about it, about how he might be one of the best players in the country. Yeah. What makes him so special, Eric Lepke? Eric's work ethic is definitely the most impressive part of him, his game because I think off the court and on the court he's always he's always doing something like he's always recovering he's always stretching he's always eating healthy he always brings a um, like a laundry basket to practice and he'll just fill it with a bunch of like different stuff like bands and balls and like he's just he's he's on another level as far as recovery goes and like that's the part I can really look up to him for but then I think another thing that makes him so special is He's just like for the boys, you know. Like yeah. he he'll do anything for any of us, and he's like he's such a, like a humble guy. You kind of forget how good of a player he is, because off the court he's he's just so humble and and um, just like an absolute bro. So he's become a really good friend over the two years I've played with him. But as far as on the court, he's just very smart. Like he he knows when to like put the ball away, and then he knows like when to nod and. He just, yeah, I think his decision-making makes him a great player. But thankfully, you don't have to sleep under him anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank goodness, because I don't know if he showers after games. <laughs> You'd think he'd put that laundry basket to good use. Yeah, he'd I know. throw a towel in there, some some body wash. Maybe that's his only laundry basket. Maybe he, he doesn't have another one, so he's not washing his clothes. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to find out. Yeah, but all in all, yeah, Eric is an, he's an awesome guy. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's going to do. I'm, I'm glad, as far as I know, he's coming back for sure um, to play. But I think this will probably be his final year. So Yeah, probably going to one of those guys turns pro, hey? Yeah, yeah. I think he almost went pro after his second year. Um, but fortunately, he, I think he has, uh, his girlfriend might be making him stay or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but he, he really likes the team and... Um, I think if any team he, he, like he would want to stay on, it would be at Trinity because practices are still at a high level. And but I think he does um, want to get to play pro and be able to kind of solidify a spot on the national team and stick with the A team instead of kind of fluctuate up and down. It's cool that you're able to share your collegiate experience with one of your good friends, Jesse Elser. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's been the funniest moment you and Jesse have shared since going to Trinity Western? Um, probably when he shaved his head. It was pretty funny. After the mullet? No, he. this was at the beginning of the year. He, with his Timo Berta team, or his Canada Summer Games, um, they all bleached their hair. Oh. And it was it was gross. Like His hair was pretty long. And we were talking about an intro video, because we have to do one before the game. I was like, you should like maybe like, shave your head like just right down the middle like right like let's look straight into the camera and do that so he ended up yeah he ended up doing that shaving his head and he just had one like line across his head 
Oh, for goodness. his for his uh, photo as well on the roster, they made him redo it. <laughs> After, yeah, they the school like contacted him. Was like, no, like change the rest of your hair. Yeah, basically like change your hair. Oh, like this goodness. looks like this isn't good. So he ended up shaving the head. So he had like he had a basically had a bald head for a while, <laughs> and he went to he went to Sask, one of our one of our first regular season games, and one of the people in the crowd was like. I don't even want to know what you told your barber. <laughs> like, when going to serve, and Jesse's like, oh. He's hearing it from everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he, he got heckled a lot for being... This is like the 6'8 or 6'9 guy with, like, a bald head. He's, he's kind of funny. This scrawny, long guy. So far, we've chatted about how you practice in such a high-performance uh, environment. Uh, and you also had the opportunity last summer, summer of 2018... Uh, to play with the national B team mm-hmm. for Canada, which is awesome. Tell me how that opportunity came about for you. Um, well, it was right after the season. Talking to I talked to Ben Joe all about it, and I was like, "Should I try out? Like, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna make it. Like, these players are a lot older. They're playing pro." And he's like, "You know what? I think it'd just be a really good opportunity to see like where you have to be, like what level you want to take yourself as a middle, and." Yeah, I was a little skeptical at the beginning, like, I don't know, like, you know, it's, it's like a lot of money to go out and try out. Where did you have to go for that? I did go to Gatineau, where okay. their facility is. So, went to Gatineau, um, I ended up saying, okay, like, I'll do this, and then, yeah, tried out and had had a really good tryout, and Glenn Hogue, or no, Glenn Hogue didn't make the team, didn't make the rosters, I think it was um, Antigua, yeah, when he was there, he made the team, so it was like very, very unbiased, I thought. Just because he was, he was part of the A team and he was making this B roster, so he was just kind of threw guys in there, and yeah, it was oh, it was an amazing experience. Like being set by Brett Walsh and um, Byron Katarakis. Um, Katarakis, yeah. yeah. So the set, like the setting, was great, and I uh, Justin Duff played. I, he was on the B team for that summer, so he was kind of my coach because Larry McKay and. Glenn Hogue, that coached the B team, they're a little more hands-off. Yeah, it's more just performance. It's not like you're not really being taught anything. But having Justin Duff there, it was like he was a teacher. So I went to him a lot, and then Danny Damieco, and then Pierce was there, another Trinity guy, and Eric. So it was it was great. And Blake Shearhorn, I became friends with him, didn't know him before, mm-hmm. but knew he went to Trinity. And like Brandon Coppers and like Jeremy Davies, like I was just playing with like these players I would watch, I would watch growing up, like playing U Sports or CIS probably at the time. But um, yeah, it was it was unbelievable. Wild, hey? Yeah, I just you know I never even yeah I had low expectations again. So it's kind of like my first year. I just very low expectations. Um, but yeah, but just there to grow. And yeah, there to develop. grow, and yeah, it was, it was really difficult. Um, just the amount of load you have and yeah it's just like your life you're there from May till I left September 2nd or 3rd so it was like a full summer it went by really quick oh I bet um and we went yeah we went to Veracruz Mexico for one tournament so it was just a lot of practicing it wasn't there wasn't too many tournaments which I was fine with because the practices were great super intense it's very different than Trinity yeah everyone's kind of like pissed off all the time hmm. um which can be good but 
yeah, I guess everyone just expects the best. Like, everyone has really very, very high expectations. It's very tense. It's very tense, yeah. Mm. And, yeah, I kind of developed that a little bit um, going back to Trinity where I had this kind of picked up this, like, intense kind of a little bit angry, like, mm. practice style. As far as games, I can I usually, like, play better being more calm, so. But and you just, you just practice, pound your thigh a couple times, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. No one sees that. Maybe some people. I do. will now. Yeah, you'll see it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I kind of have to get that out of me a little bit in tr- at Trinity because it's so different. Like it's high, the expectations are high, but but it's in just a whole new level down there hmm. with those players playing pro. It's like their livelihood. So I mean, there's more at stake. But yeah, it was very. Very good experience. Did you operate out of the middle, or were you playing opposite? I was playing middle, yeah. So, oh yeah, playing head-to-head with, like, Duff and stuff was like, oh, man, this is crazy. And and then we scrimmaged the A-team, so playing, like, them, it was like... How crazy was that? Oh, it was crazy. It was so crazy. Um, yeah, the the game was went pretty well. Um, we lost in, like two sets i think to them we just played like best of three okay but yeah it's just a it's a whole new level they're just they talk so much i think that was the biggest thing i'm like they talk a ton like university we talk a decent amount on the court but they're they're always talking to each other and they're kind of getting mad at each other like it's very like intense competitive like is there a lot of chirping yeah there's chirping but wasn't like insane or anything but it was more like maybe self-talk or yeah. talking to your teammates. Yeah, yeah, it was more talking to your teammates. It's more guys getting on other guys. Like, like, are you kidding me? Like, make that dig. Like, you can make that dig. And another person's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, I'll make the dig next time. And yeah, so it's just kind of a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I played against Firegrass and in the middle, and he's like my favorite middle in the world. So I was like, <laughs> I'm playing against freaking Firegrass right now. <laughs> like. Yeah, I got a few kills on him, so I was like, oh, yeah, felt pretty good. <laughs> Confidence booster. <laughs> yeah, but then he, like, bounced a few on me. I'm like, okay, okay. yeah, that's why the best. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's awesome to watch those guys because I feel like I learn, I do learn a lot playing, but almost just watching those guys, I feel like I learn more. Just little subtle things they do. So after that very rich experience playing with the National B team, what did you bring back with you to Trinity uh, for that season and you talked a little bit about that intensity mm-hmm. piece too yeah um yeah i think the intensity part kind of comes from having higher expectations which which was difficult because i think most of my life i've had a little bit lower expectations i definitely have like high goals but it's hard to kind of see how things unfold and you know like how quick a goal comes and being able to play on the b team after my first year was like I wouldn't have never like imagined that in a million years. So, um, so yeah, just like believing in myself more and like what I'm capable of and improving and like I can do stuff. Like I can play outside, maybe not well, but I can. <laughs> and um, oh, I've seen some video clips. You can. Yeah, it's it's coming along, but in the middle, it's just like it's night and day kind of, or or it's middle. I feel so comfortable. It's like oh. It's just so natural, but yeah, being pushed out in my comfort zone, just accepting that more and being okay with being uncomfortable, 
So I think just stretching myself was a big one. In my first year, it was kind of so much was going on. And it was kind of felt like I wanted to crawl into a shell a little bit. But in my second year, it was like, okay, like, bring it on. Let's do this thing. Like, I'm ready for anything. So it was more like confidence I built. I built, um, And yeah, and just seeing how to play at that next level and where I have to be. And like maybe I'll score on a ball in U sports, but I'll know for sure like in the national program like that's an, that's easy for like some liberos. They're just so quick and and fast and yeah. So I yeah just seeing seeing what the next level looks like and where I want to be in the future was probably my biggest takeaway. So now as you move forward playing your university career are you evaluating the types of shots that you hit now? And you're like, that's not good enough for national team. Yeah. I think honestly it is. And it's fresh. I think it can frustrate other guys because they're like, you scored the ball. Like, like just take it. But then in my head, I'm like, Oh, you know, it wasn't that like, it wasn't really a great shot or, you know, I didn't, it wasn't that smart or I wasn't really thinking. And yeah, so it's definitely like runs through my head now. <laughs> and it's, it's almost a little annoying, but it's, it's like, okay, well, this is where I have to be, so it's so, so right. then I'll try. So yeah, being able to be confident where I can, like swing on a high ball, and you know not being worried that it's just gonna like float, and hit like ten bricks up or something in the back wall, <laughs> being okay with that because I tried a lot of different things like spin serving and stuff that I've never tried in my whole volleyball career, and just whipping out in game it's so different. So like I was okay to. I think there was games I was hitting, like, minus and stuff, and I was like, it's just the process. People aren't going to remember that game you played terribly. Like, watching video the next day is an ideal, because you're like, oh my goodness, like, that was so bad. But yeah, just looking looking farther ahead and the bigger goals. Anything you want to plug or promote? Any shout-outs? Um, I don't know, shout-out Ben Joe <laughs> for getting me, getting me into my third year. Believe in me. Love, love my parents. Just love the people that I'm around. Thanks for having me on the podcast, too. Yeah, thanks for coming on Story Island. It was great hearing your story and sharing your experiences. Yeah, there was a lot of value in there. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks so, so much. It's been great. Thank you for listening to this episode of Reading the Play. For more content, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And you can also download other episodes at sportcalgary.ca. Be sure to check out the Facebook page, Reading the Play. And to stay up to date on the latest RTP news, including new episodes, make sure to follow on Instagram at Reading the Play and myself, Jeremy Lee at Legacy. I really hope there is a piece of Jackson's story that impacts, inspires, and ignites you to help you win your day. And as always, I'll catch you in the next episode.